0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. It's been a big night out and here you are. Standing in the cold wanting nothing more than to be in bed. There are no cabs, your designated driver is long gone and you've just had one too many Proseccos to safely drive home. If only the car could just drive itself. I'm Tegan Taylor and this is QuickSmart, the show that feeds you big ideas in bite-sized pieces. Driverless cars feel like they've been two or three years away for the last 10 years. So why don't we have them yet? How hard can it be? Us humans aren't exactly model drivers half the time anyway. Are the hurdles technical or ethical or what? One person who's been taking his hands off the wheel in the name of research is James Pertil. Hey, James. Hello. I mean, we're over here still driving our own cars like suckers, but in San Francisco, they already have driverless cars.
1: Yeah. I mean, driving your own car is so 2022. I know, it's embarrassing. Um, and, And my brother's in San Fran, so I've kind of been watching this experiment unfold and I've been chatting with him as he's in driverless cars and it's wild.
0: Yeah. So they've been running in San Fran in various sort of concentrations for a bit now. How are they actually performing?
1: Well... That's the big story. And, you know, I kind of dived into this epic story of big tech taking on the, you know, you could say the biggest challenge ever, trying to get teach cars to drive themselves, to actually interact with reality, with the the chaos of everything that can happen on the roads. Yeah, I looked into it for this episode of, of a new podcast for science Friction. It's called Hello AI Overlords. <laughs> and it's kind of an introduction to this amazing technology that's just burst into our lives and In the last few years, right? So to answer your question, yeah, uh, there's there's an experiment in San Francisco right now. It started roughly in August when they allowed driverless taxis from two companies to operate 24-7 in San Fran, picking up passengers. And it's gone really badly. (laughs) (laughs) Usually they're Uh, sort of a bit more
0: like, well, there's pros and cons, but like, nah, it's going badly.
1: Oh, I mean, it's gone really badly for one company, Cruise. They're owned by General Motors, and they have been in so many crashes. The worst of them was there was a hit and run involving a human car, but the cruise car kind of braked, hit the woman, and then kind of dragged her (laughs) under the car. It's awful, the pedestrian under the car for 20 feet, and then stopped on top of her and didn't know what to do and just behaved in this bizarre way that has freaked everyone out and ultimately resulted in crews and the authorities kicking cruises, robo-taxis out of San Francisco.
0: How do you program an AI to deal with that situation?
1: So that's the thing with driverless cars. On the surface, you're like, oh, yeah, you teach your car to drive itself. That's fine. But then when you actually think about it, when you get in your car and you drive down the street and you think how many little scenarios you're, you're preparing for at every moment. You're thinking about a dog running out into the road. You're thinking about somebody opening the car door. The world is is chaotic. And when you actually think about what a car has to do to navigate all that, it's amazing that we've got this far. And that's really the challenge that Big Tech set itself. It's been around for decades. It's really done amazingly well to get this far. And for the other company, Waymo, has got a very good safety record in San Francisco. They're, they're the Google-owned driverless car company.
0: Yeah, it's funny with driverless cars because it feels like the sort of thing that's been in the works for a long time. And it's it's the sort of thing that's always in science fiction movies. You know, there's always like the driverless cars in the front seat for anything set like anything more than about 10 years in the future. You've got the driving part, which like, as you say, is kind of straightforward, but then it's mm. just teaching an AI to sort of generalise ideas in a way that humans, like human brains are designed to do this, and but, but we've also got like a whole lifetime's worth of input before we get behind the wheel of a car. Mm. It's that sort of predicting how to act in any kind of different chaotic situation that mm. is ho- so hard to program.
1: Yeah, exactly. The, the way I describe it is driverless cars versus the chaos of reality. Mm. One way of maybe making this concrete is you kind of look at the very first driverless cars and- they bit off a tiny bit of this problem, which was just following the white lines of the lanes. And if they could work out how to do that for a car just to follow the white lines on the road, they they thought, okay, well then that would be one step towards driverless cars. So that was in the early 90s. That's when they sort of developed a way of doing that as a computer vision that was able to see those white lines. And there was a Amazing story of this team of researchers at Carnegie Mellon University, um, two people who were like, well, we've got this technology now. Let's just test it on the whole of America. <gasps> and we're going to drive across America without touching the steering wheel on the highways.
0: <laughs> <It's> the ultimate <laughs> look mum no hands moment.
1: Yeah. And, and we're not going to tell any, like any of the other people on the road, this is what we're doing. Like they're just <laughs> going to see another car on the road. <laughs> That's illegal, right? I I thought so. I I kind of pressed him on it a bit and he said, yeah, like at at one point we, uh, you know, I think the statute of limitations has expired. So at one point we were going like (laughs) 170 kilometers an hour through the desert without (laughs) touching the steering wheel. (laughs) (laughs) But it worked. They didn't crash. They drove thousands of kilometers in nine days and yeah, they proved that. This is at least possible on highways. And I guess the story since then, since 1995, is trying to get cars to operate in ever more complex environments. So from the highways to the suburbs and the the inner city areas and and even off-road.
0: It is interesting. I'm thinking about my own car, which I absolutely do drive with my hands, on the steering wheel. But it has like tech... It has this tech in it. It has lane keep assist, it has collision detection and it beeps at me if something's behind me when I'm reversing. Like it's almost like we've gotten sort of 90% of the way to driverless cars, but that final that final 10% is just the real challenge.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's a great way of looking at it. As you say, I mean, we've had lane assist or whatever it is technology for decades now, but where driverless cars really come unstuck is around pedestrians, because people behave in unpredictable ways. And the way that we navigate that as drivers is through understanding, you know, something about human psychology, about recognising tiny, subtle cues, you know, in the person that's crossing the road or not crossing the road and so on. And that's how we're able to navigate that complex environment. Somehow you have to teach uh, AI to do that as well. And that's the real challenge.
0: The other side of the psychology that I wonder about is like humans' psychology in trusting a machine to make these decisions when some humans are terrible drivers. Like statistically, how do humans compare to driverless cars like in terms of accident rates? You know, even though these are really high-profile cases, are they empirically worse?
1: Yeah, that's, that's such a great question. And the driverless car companies are adamant that their cars are safer. Even, even Cruise, which has, you know, been kicked out of San Francisco. Because it ran saying, over a lady. Yeah. They're saying, if you look at the statistics, we're still causing less injuries and colliding with fewer cars than human-driven cars. There was a study that came out a few weeks ago from an insurance assessor kind of looking at rates of accidents from the Waymo cars versus human-driven ones. And, you know, it looked like the Waymo ones were at least three times safer if you looked at the number of accidents per 100 million kilometres or something like that. I guess the problem is we don't really all work like that, do we? We don't just sort of go on, on the statistics and say, well, if the, the stats say they're safe. They're safe. When a car parks on top of a yeah. person they've crashed into or drives into wet cement or <laughs> is bamboozled when somebody puts a road cone on their bonnet, which is what people have been doing to as a kind of guerrilla protest if it sort of behaves in in bizarre ways then we start to lose trust even if they on paper they're safer and the other thing is driverless cars are great when they're mostly interacting with other driverless cars where, where they really struggle is with pedestrians but also with human drivers if you're in a situation where it was 100% driverless cars on the road I'm pretty sure there'd be fewer accidents
0: Oh, they'd also probably be like less gridlock and stuff because they'd be able to talk to each other. You'd be optimising routes. It'd be, it actually probably would be amazing.
1: That's great. Maybe we should just, you know, crush all the the cars and start again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So where do we go from here? Like on one hand, we've got a driverless car technology that it hasn't, felt like it's quite cracked the problem yet. And on the other hand, we've got maybe human psychology where we're mistrustful of it, even if it is good. Where do you see this sort of ending up in the next, well, two to three years? They're always two to three years away.
1: Yeah. I mean, the fascinating thing is that it really hangs in the balance right now. As we said, Cruise has been kicked out of San Fran. They've paused their rollout nationwide. You know, it looks terrible. But at the same time, Waymo hasn't. They're still operating and they're looking they're saying our experiment in San Francisco has been a success i think the public the sort of optics of this is that it's really bad for driverless cars even if it's good for waymo people see the headlines about cruise and i think other cities are going to be really wary of approving their own driverless car rollouts in the us in australia we're we're way behind they're not going to be coming here anytime soon for example tesla has this thing called full self driving mode that it allows in the us but it hasn't been approved in Australia yet. Even though you can buy Teslas with this technology, it's all there. You're just not allowed to turn it on in Australia. Mm. So the reason for that is the regulators just aren't happy. They're not convinced that it's safe. And also Tesla hasn't completely tested this technology in Australian conditions. You know, it's not like we all drive the same around the world. So every time a driverless car is rolled out to a city or to a state or region, you need to tweak That machine learning experience.
0: Yeah, I guess I'm still getting behind the wheel of my dumb car for at least another couple of years. James, thanks so much. Thank you. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio, and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.